Welcome to the weekend. This is the weekend break on 1521 2QN. Welcome to the weekend break podcast for the 4th of March 2023. My name is AJ. Thank you very much for joining me. Only a short podcast this week as we had an episode of Our Stories as part of the program. Remember, you can also check out our Our Stories podcast at any time. So a short one for this week, but we'll begin straight away with the Mayor of the Edward River Council, Peter Betts. Joining us in the studio is the Mayor of the Edward River Council, Peter Betts. Hello, Peter. Good morning, AJ. How are you? I'm good. Have you recovered from a week ago and the reopening of the town hall yet? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still pretty excited about it, so... It was great fun, wasn't it? It was. The the performers that came in and performed and the locals who got up on stage and performed as part of it too. It was it was a fantastic evening for us on Friday and I've spoken to a few people who went across the weekend. They were all very happy. Yeah, no, exactly. I've only heard positive things and hey, AJ, if I can get to 95 and stand up and recite a poem, oh my goodness. I have never seen a crowd as enthralled as we Engaged, were during Mayor yep. from Snowy and the, at the end standing ovations around the room 100%, that was fantastic 100% deserved it was just oh my gosh like and getting up on stage and dancing to Elvis when you're 84 as well oh did that not bring a tear to your eye I bet it did it did it was very it was genuinely quite emotional and you know there was an issue with people not knowing how to operate the lift that got people on the stage <laughs> and that was genuinely one of the more awkward moments of the night because <laughs> there were things happening on stage and the people on stage had to stop at one point because we're all watching the lift. It's like, that's that's not moving. And yeah. suddenly someone from council's run over and said, no, you press this, 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 and it started moving and got a round of oh, applause. I think, um, I think he accidentally lent on the button that stopped it. Um, but having said that, I did sit there and I said to the CEO, if that is the worst thing that happens um, tonight, then that's okay. That's, Yeah. Exactly right. Now, let's take a look at what's happening around our community and money. Money. Money, money. is flying money, left, money, right money. and centre. I was thinking Pink Floyd and I wanted to play a grab, but I can't find it. <laughs> so, But in the right way, because a heap of community groups, a heap of locals are being supported in terms of some of the projects that they're working on. So the uh, Stronger Country Communities um, Fund saw many um, organisations in our in our wonderful area get some money. So um, things like the Rodeo got, I think, something like 80 grand for lighting and some fencing. Um, Rovers, a uh, couple hundred thousand towards their change rooms and the ramps. I want to talk about the Rovers one very briefly. Obviously, all these projects are great, but the one that stood out to me, and that was the Rovers. So that money is going towards uh, changing facilities for female sport. Now, we've all seen in the past 5, 10, 15 years the growth of female sport across the country. Football, Mm. netball, they're at some of their highest participation rates we've ever had. And this is a great movement from the community and from the Rovers and they're investing in those facilities so that our female athletes, they have a bit more of a comfortable area that they can change and they can get ready for competition. And that's just, I think that's something that really stood out to me. Yeah, you're 100% right. And and I think what stands out with, with clubs like Rovers and Rams is that they are looking at, you know, I mean, traditionally football clubs as such, well and truly looking after the females um, who do an awesome job in both in football and and netball but these are clubs AJ they're proactive they're positive and they're thinking to the future and you know they're putting it out there and and this is the result 
I'm not suggesting this is on the plans and I'm not associated with that club, so I can't say this for certain, but when you see things like that and money being invested in female facilities, your brain does start to tick and say, who are we? And we may be looking at a female team in the region down the line. Is that a possibility? Again, I'm not saying that's happening. That's just (laughs) where my brain goes because I've seen it in other markets recently is that the work goes into building female facilities and soon you've got a female team. And if if you watch AFLW like I do, shout out to Hawthorne signing M Bates, by the way, um, (laughs) you see that this is starting to grow and people are making these investments and it's bringing more women into our sports. And that's such a good thing for our community. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and I do agree with the AFL um, W that they've really come out. And I think there's, there's a lot of um, girls and women around here that are keen to play sport. And I think there was that rule, correct me if I'm wrong, but they only had up to a certain age where they could play. And some of these kids, some of these girls had so much talent and could go places. So now the opportunities are rising. And I agree. I think, I know certainly Rams also talk about, you know, women's clubs, what what's up there for them in the future by doing, by doing all this. So yeah, we can sit here and talk about it, but I, I reckon it's definitely in the forefront of, of their minds as well. And I'd be really keen to, to see it. Well, famously, uh, Aaron Phillips, who won a couple of league best and fairest as a premiership player at Adelaide, she's now at Port Adelaide, was um, viewed by Port Adelaide scouts when she was 14 years old as the best 14-year-old football in South Australia. And that's where it ended at the mm. time. Mm. She's gone on and won a couple of uh, best and fairest medals in the AFLW because she was able to get back into the system. But there was a time, as you said, where women's sport kind of got to 14 or 15 and that was it. And then you could go to netball or you could do nothing. And we've seen... Uh, the numbers are disturbing of the number of women who stop playing sport around the age of 16, 17 because mm. there's no pathways or because they're scared out of the games because there's not facilities and things to look after them. And that's changing. And we're, we're big advocates for women's sport in this community. And we love seeing people invest in it. Mm, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, they're good games to watch. They are really good games to watch, These uh, the women's um a, you know, the women's football and, and things like that. They, yeah, even, like, even the cricket. Like we can sit here and talk about football, but even the women's cricket. Like I don't, I'm not a cricket fan. I'll admit that. AJ, I'd rather watch the um, paint dry or the grass grow. But they play some absolutely fabulous sport. And my mum, my mum played for New South Wales when she was she was opening batsman at 14 or or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really um, I'm really proud of these clubs. That, that they have the foresight to get out there, go after these grants, get the grants, and they're just moving our whole community and our whole region forward. So well done to our uh, well done to our sporting clubs. You're doing a great job. Peter Betts, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, AJ. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN. Joining us on the line is the General Manager of Field Operations for Kagomi, Chris Taylor. Chris, a very exciting opportunity for residents across our region with Kagomi's Pick-A-Box Day. Tell us all about what this day is going to be like for our community. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. It's uh, very exciting to, to be back out there um, promoting the, the Pick-A-Box Day again. So we're opening up uh, one of our farms out at uh, Chuka West uh, called Punka. So we can, uh, the whole community's invited to come out there and pick a box of tomatoes, uh, one or ten or however many they want to pick. Um, it's $10 a box and uh, all the um, proceeds are going to Chuka Regional Health. 
This is something that is so well loved in our community because one, fresh tomatoes, no one's going to turn them down. You can do pretty much anything with tomatoes at this time of the year. But it's going to such an incredible cause supporting Echuca Regional Health. Tell us about why this matters from Kagome's perspective to be able to give back to the community in such a way. And Chris, not only are you sharing those tomatoes, but you're sharing the profits too. So every dollar that's raised out of this Kagome is going to match. That's correct. So as I said, you know, it's $10 a box. Pick as many boxes as you like. And every dollar that's raised, uh, Kagome will generously match that donation. So whether it's $1 or $10,000, we'll, uh, we'll match the funds and give to Chirka Regional Health. Am I able to bring my own box is my other question. Absolutely. So bring your own boxes. We'll have a few on site, but we encourage everyone to bring their own boxes and, uh, yeah, be self-sufficient. You're never going to see a box of tomatoes as big as the one that I'm going to pick in that case. And this is a great time of year to be getting them off the vine as well. So those tomatoes, they're beautiful and juicy at this time of year. Perfect opportunity if you, you know, want to make some sauces or make some stews or something along those lines. Absolutely. And, of course, they're they're tomato processing um, tomatoes. So, you know, they are rich and juicy, high in colour. Uh, and you'll make some of the best sauce uh, you can, you know. Really important. Bring the family out, bring the kids. Uh, it's a great family day. We'll have Rotary Park there cooking a, cooking a barbecue. Um, so it'll be a great day out and lots of fun. So, Chris, give us the key times and dates for the event. Yep, so the date's a little bit uh, later this year. It'll be the, the 1st of um, April. Um, um, normally we have it earlier in the year, but due to the interruptions with the season, it is a bit later. Uh, but, you know, gates will be open from 9 uh, to lunch to 12 o'clock. Uh, so, yeah, come on down and have some fun and pick some fresh, beautiful tomatoes. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. No worries at all. Thank you. This is the Weekend Break on 1521 2QN. Joining us in the studio from the Daniloquin Golf Club is Vince Kelly. Hello, Vince. How are you going, AJ? Doing very well. Let's take a little bit of a different route to what we normally would. We'd normally start with results. Let's talk Premier League because the final's <laughs> coming up. The Premier League grand final. It's today, AJ. Today. Uh, and after a massive win by party poppers last week over the minor premiers telling me he's draining 146 to 136, the party poppers will face off against the wedgies. Which is my team, AJ. I was going to say, how have you made time this morning to come in and talk to us when you clearly need to be preparing for the final of the Premier League? Um, let me see. Uh, I don't know, AJ. It's you know taking a very relaxed approach to this. Uh, I've got uh, I've got six other teammates that'll be on the course today, and I'm going to rely on them. It's a good tactic of doing it. Um, how was that preliminary final weekend? As you said, there was a bit of an upset in there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, party poppers um, only made their finals because they won their round seven match, their final round match, and then massive win in the in the semifinals, and they've really got momentum behind them. And um, they put it all together, actually. They had uh, three players, four, four best scores count out of your eight, eight players on course. Uh, they had three players play better than a handicap on uh, last Saturday, which is a bit unusual. So um, that really put them in a, in a great stead. And I think it was quite close. Um, I think there was only a couple of points in it until the last two cards came in when uh, Will Bull and Jamie Loy recorded 37 and 34 respectively, which 
put the margin out to that 10 points. Um, so Party Poppers, definitely um, a team to be wary of. I think uh, form is a very important thing in golf. So uh, we're going to have to bring our A game, I think, today. How do you stop the Cinderella story? <laughs> the Cinderella story. I'm just, I've just annoyed so many people who are like, hey, we are very good golfers, thank you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I was talking to their captain, Anne Bull, during the week, and, and she said, you know, look, we only really threw the team in to support the event, and and uh, it's pretty amazing that we've we've made the grand final. So I think they're pretty chuffed just to be there. But, you know, golf's a really funny game, AJ. You can be informed today and not tomorrow. So I think our hope is, from Wedgie's perspective, is that they played their their grand final last week and uh, and, and we'll play our normal game this week and that'll be enough for us. We do see that happen in sport quite regularly. Let's take a look at some of the results from across the week. Yeah, Saturday we played a single Staplefoot event and the winner in A grade was Billy Burke with 38 points on a count back from Matt Thomas. Uh, Matt plays off plus three handicap AJ, so that was five under par for Matt. So uh, great round. Yeah, great round of golf. Unfortunately, he came second. Oh. <laughs> so, that, gee, that's rough. <laughs> that's very rough. Uh, B-grade winner was Margaret Rodeski with 40 points. Runner-up, Norm Pirtle on 39. And in C-grade, Prue Grant, 38 points. Won the grade from Sue Butcher on 37. You needed 33 points to get a ball on Saturday. And nearest the pins were Jen Choice on the second. On the fifth, Tony Stockdale, a visitor from Myrtleford, and Brian Bennett. On the ninth, Terry Howe and Grace Teary. On the 11th, Andrew Brunker and Margaret Desky. On the 13th, Jared Pearce and Brian Bennett. On Wednesday, we play our usual Staplefoot and Tom Moore won A-grade with 38 points from Graham Willoughby on 37. In B-grade, Greg Collins, 36 points, won the grade from Tony Tonter on 35. 32 points to get a ball on Wednesday and nearest the pins went to Warren Bull on the 5th and on the 9th, Peter Astle and Bob Landy. And the ladies played their opening day on Thursday, which was a two-person Ambrose event. They were well supported by a number of visitors. But the winners there was a local pair of Jenny Swanger and Margaret Radeski on 64 and a quarter. And runners-up were Pauline Davis and Jane Hood on 67 and three quarters. Uh, you needed 73 and a quarter for a ball. And the nearest, the pins went to Jeanette Trindle, a visitor from Kyala. And on the 11th, Karen Leatham. Let's have a look at Pennant Golf because I think we're just about to get underway there too. We are. Pennant Golf, we've got one round to go. Daniloquin had the bye and the other matches were both halved. So Rich River Blue and Rich River Green tied on three and a half each and Murray Downs squared with Barham also on three and a half each. So all five teams can make the grand final, uh, sorry, make the finals. Uh, I think it's a grand final, not too sure. Uh, Murray Downs are currently on top of the ladder and have the bye this week, but I think they are guaranteed of their place in the finals. So uh, the other four teams fighting it out. Now we've got a couple of major events coming up around the club. The Autumn Classic is coming our way, as are the club championships. Yeah, that's right, AJ. Next weekend, the 11th and 12th of March, uh, four ball, best ball, Stapleford are, is the format for our Classics and uh, 36-hole event over the two days, plus 18-hole events on each the Saturday, each of the Saturday and Sunday. So entries do close. We ask people to try and get their entries in by Wednesday so we can do the draw and get that out to people. And, uh, yeah, club championships only three weeks away. The ladies start theirs on the 23rd of March and the men's play theirs on the start on the 25th. Uh, with the 26th, second round on the 26th and the third round on the 1st of April. So um, people will be sharpening their skills, I'm sure, for the club championships, AJ. 
Now, in terms of what's happening around the club, we've just had a heap of events in the last couple of weeks, and now there's a little bit of a cooler period, (laughs) so there's not a lot of major events taking place around the club. However, always open in the bistro on the days that we're obviously serving meals, and they're getting rave reviews since the change of catering. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. Uh, Friday and Saturday nights, the bistro's open, and yeah, it is a bit quieter from from an event perspective. Plenty of functions still though on, and you can come down and see the club uh, managers for uh, to, to book your functions. But um, yeah, Friday and Saturday night meals are there. Booking's probably preferred, but not essential. Um, so yeah, come down, have a great meal. Vince, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, AJ. And that is all for this week's podcast. Remember, you can check out our Our Stories podcast at any time and listen in every Saturday morning from 7am for the next edition of The Weekend Break.